Psalms chapter 13 was written uh, when David was on the run for his life. Saul uh, was chasing him. You know the story how that he got jealous because the ladies had sang that uh, Saul had slain his thousands and David his ten thousands and created jealousy in the heart of Saul. And so he began to chase David, actually to take his life. And so David, in the midst of this time in his life, he wrote this psalm. He said, how long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long will I hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. Those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Back in August, I was at a church. Matter of fact, uh, Brother South, it was Brother Ray Morris. And Brother Ray runs about 30, I guess 30 to 35 in the congregation. And I was sitting there that Saturday night in my camper and really praying for the Sunday morning service that God would help me to help them because they had so much suffering for that little congregation. Uh, so much cancer. Uh, Sister Dee Dee had cancer and she, she got over it. And then her husband Bill had gotten it and Brother Bill had made it through it but left him with lasting uh, problems that he'll have the rest of his life. And then uh, Sister Taylor who battled it for eight years had passed away. And then Brother Taylor, uh, her husband had a stroke two months later and has been in a nursing home ever since. And, and then Brother Gary. Brother Gary was a, a military man, 68 years old, still in great shape. And, and then he come down with cancer and he's already passed away. And I, I thought about that, that, that little congregation had suffered so much. And I said, Lord, would you help me to help them? And he gave me this passage of scripture. I want to preach, if you look in the very first part of it, you see that David is in sorrow. But in verse 6, he's singing. I want to preach on from sorrow to singing, if the Lord would help me. I like what one fellow said, and I'm going to read it. I liked it and thought he could say it better than I could. He said, David is seen as a fugitive and a conqueror, as despairing and triumphing, as weeping and singing. The changes in life are constant, sometimes extreme, often rapid. Like the weather, our moods change, our thoughts change, our behaviors change. And much of the time, God uses changes to purify and perfect us. Being emptied from vessel to vessel, with each transition, some of the dregs are removed out of our life. One writer said in verse 1 and 2, a sorrowful heart. Verse 3 and 4, a sleeping heart. Verse 5 and 6, a singing heart. Another writer said, verse 1 and 2, David's complaint. Verse 3 and 4, David's cry. Verse 5 and 6, David's confidence. 
I want to look at three simple things in these little six verses. Number one, we find in verse one and two, we see David's pain at the delay. Here he starts out uh, this psalm uh, with a question. Matter of fact, he has four questions. And the first two, <clears throat> Brother Brent, they're to the Lord. He said, first of all, he said, how long are you going to forget me? Doubt has been created in the heart of David. And Brother Brackwell, he said a little bit about talking about the trials and talking about uh, the men's lives, that there is times that things are going to come in your life that you don't understand, uh, and you're going to ask, Lord, have you forgotten me? David thought that God had forgotten his address uh, and where he lived. See, David didn't understand what was happening. He was minding his own business. He was being the, the armor bearer of Saul. And he was being the captain of the army, going out and fighting the battle like he's supposed to. And now, all of a sudden, he's running for his life. And he said, Lord, I'll be honest with you. I really don't understand how this thing got turned all around. I was just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, minding my own business, and now I'm running for my life, and I've not done anything wrong to do it. The Saul, the king, is the one who told me to go fight the battle. I can't help it that, Lord, you've helped me to slay my 10,000s. I'm not doing anything wrong, and I don't understand where I'm at. David questioned the Lord. Doubt had created in his heart. He said, how long are you going to forget me? Now, what's wonderful is we know, and David learned that God doesn't forget us. Hallelujah. Then he said, how long are you going to hide your face from me? Now, we know the Bible said, if we regard iniquity in our heart, the Lord will not hear us. I don't believe at this time of life that David had any iniquity in his heart. I don't believe that he was on the run, Brother Wesley, because of something he done. He was at, not at fault. You know, Baptists, they love, they love to point at you when it's, you're going through something. Yeah, huh? It finally caught up with them, didn't it? I knew there was something going on, kind of like Job's friends, you know. And uh, sometimes God just does things that he, we have no idea what he's doing, but he does. And it has nothing to do with the individual of doing something wrong. I remember when I had left, I worked at a children's home in Louisiana. Uh, matter of fact, when I left Tabernacle in 88, that's where I went back to work at. And we made a whopping $300 a month. We were getting rich, praise God. And so we moved to Mississippi, and uh, man, we didn't have a dime. And uh, we'd gotten a job, and, and, and I guess I'd been there about six or eight months. And the pastor said, well, Brother Bob, we're going to do a, a, a youth camp, and I want you to preach it every night. Well, it's about 50 minutes, and, and so just so happened Dad came down that week. And uh, so we were going to the youth camp every night, and he looks over about the middle of the week, and man, my, my gas hand the needles on the E. And he said, uh, uh, why, why don't you have any gas? Put some gas in this thing. I said, ain't got no money. <laughs> and he said, uh, what do you mean you ain't got no money? 
Are you tithing? I said, why would you even ask me that? Of course I'm tithing. Just because I don't have any money doesn't mean I'm not tithing. I've only been making $300 a month uh, for the last five years. Uh, sure didn't get to put none in savings, amen? And uh, I said, uh, of course I am. He said, well, pull in the gas station. And of course he filled it up, amen. Well, about five years later, he got in a financial bind and got kind of trouble. And so he was telling me about it on the phone. And as respectfully as I could, I said, by the way, are you tithing, amen? And he said, I hear you, you know. He, he remembered what he said to me, you see. And he said, yeah, I am tithing, by the way. But the truth of the matter is, we always want to thank the worst of why somebody is going through something. Why don't we give them the benefit of the doubt that God has put them there, amen. Amen. We see that there's doubt here in David's life. Then we see that the next question, there's despair. His third question, he questions himself. He said, how long shall I have sorrow in my heart? Now, Brother Jason, you got to think about what's going on in his life. Now, I'm not a camper. It's funny. The Lord put me in a camper, and, and people think that I'm on vacation. Uh, boy, I bet y'all love that camping. No, I don't. I, I really don't care about camping. And... <laughs> I have no desire to go to a campground and camp out. I have no desire to do that at all. I'm just not that type of person, amen? But, you know, think about David. He's not in a camper. Here he is in the wilderness. David's out here probably, I'm sure he knew how to hunt and probably got him a deer every now and then, but he's probably eating some bugs and everything else. And he's looking up, and I know some of y'all would think, oh, how romantic to be under the stars. Yeah, probably until it's about 10 degrees outside, amen? Uh, then it wouldn't be so romantic. David is in a mess. He's in a wilderness. He's left his family. He had to leave them and be on the run. And that's why he said, how long is this sorrow going to be in my heart? I'm not in a good place. Then, not only that, the fourth question was to the enemy. He said, how long am I going to be defeated? Boy, there's times we get overwhelmed. There's times we feel like we can't make it another mile. I remember a preacher friend in Cleveland there. He came out of the temple where me and Brother Kidd had come out of and, and uh, he pastored a church called New Hope. And New Hope was kind of like in the middle of Cleveland and, and uh, he called me on a Thursday. And he said, I'm done. He said, I can't do this no more. He said, uh, he said I'm working 60 hours a week. And he said, I've got, I, I've got about four, three or four women and, and, and that are running their mouth and causing trouble. And, and he said, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of fighting them. I'm tired of fighting the church and, and tired of working. You see, sometimes you just get overwhelmed. And I said, won't you just go one more Sunday? Just go one more Sunday. You know what happened that Sunday? <laughs> My aunt that we've been praying for for years, Brother George, she come to the house of the Lord. And he preached that morning on kicking against the pricks out of the book of Acts. 
and she got born again. And he called me before my cousin did to let me know that her mama got saved. He called me. He's so fired up. Guess what? Your aunt got saved this morning. I think I'll go on another mile. Hallelujah. Every now and then you feel like that you're going to get overwhelmed. But if you'll stay with it, hallelujah, it will be worth it. Amen. I'm glad. Thank God there is a payday Sunday. Hallelujah. Amen. David here is in despair. But not only we see his question, but number two, we see his quest. I believe that God, of course, has a plan for it all. Sometimes we get too self-sufficient, Brother George. And that is why God puts things in our life. We learn to lean on us. And Brother Brandon, he don't want you to lean on you. He wants you to lean on him. Some of y'all don't remember that old song that said, finding more power than I've ever dreamed, learning to lean on Jesus. That is the purpose. When sometimes your world gets turned upside down and you're trying to figure out what is God doing in my life, he's trying to teach you that he wants you to learn to lean on him for everything in your life. And he wants to help you through the circumstances. And he wants you to trust him, amen. He wants you to learn to lean on him. David said, how long? We see number two, not only his pain at the delay, but we see his prayer in distress, verse three and four. First, we see it involved his condition. He said, Lord, would you consider me? Would you be reminded of where I am? You know, sometimes we, <laughs> we think the Lord has forgotten us. Sometimes you feel like that, how come everybody else has been promoted but me? How come everybody else has been blessed but me? How come that church is doing this and that church is doing that and that pastor is doing this and that pastor is doing that, that evangelist is doing that or that missionary is doing that? How come, you see, David said, Lord, would you consider me? You know, it's funny that we think we have to remind him. Uh, you look back at, or later on in David's life in Psalms chapter 139, and he realized the Lord considered him. <laughs> he, he said, uh, thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. Thou knowest my thoughts are far off. David realized that the Lord knew everything about him. Listen to me. No matter what happened in your life, no matter what happened in your circumstances, God has not forgotten you. Hallelujah. I'm glad. There's times that we think that maybe he has. There's times that maybe we don't feel like he is cultivating a relationship in our life. But I'm telling you, he is still there and he is still working in your life. Amen. I'm glad he does never leave us alone. Hallelujah. I'm glad, as the song said, God leads his children along. Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire. But thank God all through the blood. I'm glad, hallelujah. 
hallelujah, that God didn't say when I got saved. Now you get to heaven the best way you can. I'm glad he leads us along in this journey. I'm glad, thank God, that unseen hand goes before us and goes ahead of us and hallelujah, charts out our course. I'm glad I didn't have to walk through this thing by myself. I'm glad, hallelujah, that he's with me every step of the way. And David said, Lord, would you consider me? Would you be aware of where I am? Amen. I'm glad he's aware of where you are tonight. I'm glad he knows where you're dwelling. Amen. Hallelujah. He said it involves my my condition. Number two involves my cause. He said, would you hear me? (laughs) Not only consider me, but hear me. (laughs) Would you help me? Boy, you ever asked him for some help? You ever been so far down, you didn't think you was going to make it another day? Oh, Lord. David said, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm in despair. He said, would you... Would you help me? Some of you have been through some valleys. Brother Danny was telling the young men, there will be heartaches. There'll be days that you'll weep. There'll be days that you'll be broken. There'll be days that you can't understand. There'll be days that you will feel like that it's been unfair. But always remember that God is more than fair. (laughs) because whatever happens in our life he is better to us than what we deserve if he people say God hadn't been fair to me I say thank God because if so I'd be in hell he's been much more than fair to me amen I'm glad brother Jason praised God that he loves me in spite of me and has been better to me than I deserve and better to me than I am to him and I say hallelujah for that amen involves his cause can I say number three it involves his comprehension he said Lord would you Lighten mine eyes. Now I've been taught you don't question the Lord. But Jesus did. He's our greatest example we follow. And he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? I think, brother, as long as our attitude is right and we're not arrogant about it, and we ask the Lord why, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to to show me. I remember one time after Patty had had a seizure, uh, seizure and she, she had kind of come to and after being disoriented a little bit, and she began to cry and she said, why, why, why? I said, I don't know. I said, but I'll tell you what I do know. I know that he does all things well. And I know that one day you're going to get a brand new body and you won't have another one. Hallelujah. You see, you have to look at what you do know. <laughs> hey, there's a lot of things that I don't know. I, I don't understand. David didn't understand why he was, this was going on. I mean, think about it. He was just doing his job. He was being the armor bearer of the king. He was doing what he was supposed to, and now he's running for his life. Man, what a change of a day. You know, they say, what a difference a day makes. I mean, boy, that is definitely true in David's life. I mean, goodness alive, he's fighting the battle. One day, 
And then the next, he's running for his life. David said, I'm going to be honest with you, Lord. I, I don't understand this. There's times in my life that I, I didn't understand. But when God was done, then, Brother Robert, I saw how he was working things out. You know, God always plans ahead. See, we can only see yesterday and today, but he does see tomorrow and he plans for tomorrow. The simple things that God does for us. I was trying to sell my home there in Pageland, my double wide and, and four acres of land. I was going to pay off my foundation. I was going to pay off the land that I bought there, uh, there in North Georgia, but it didn't work out that way. And I was aggravated because I said, Lord, I need this money. I need to do this. But what the Lord knew is there's somebody in there and, and I financed it for them and they're making me a monthly payment. And in order for me to get a loan, I need that monthly income coming in and that I can show that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to get a loan to build a house, you see. God does all things well. He was looking out for me. I was aggravated that I couldn't sell my place. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. I've asked you to sell it for me. And what he probably wanted to say, Brother Bill, uh, you big dummy, if you just not worry about it, I've got it under control, amen. <laughs> uh, that's what I would have said. But you know what? He just ignored me and said, oh, he'll be all right. I've got it under control. It's for his own good, Amen. Sometimes God don't answer our prayers, Brother Jack, because it's for our own good. Because he looks ahead for us. Brother Brent, I can't wait till we get to heaven. I believe he's going to reveal to us how much the things that we prayed about that he said, I'm not going to give to you because it's not what you need right now. But this is what you need. He'll reveal to us how that he looked out for us. I'm telling you, he loves us more than we ever know. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm glad that he watches over me and involves this comprehension. Can I say thirdly, verse 5 and 6, we see his praise and deliverance. You know, the first thing that he was happy about was he was satisfied with the mercy of God, that he could trust in his mercy. You see, you know how David knew he's going to get through this thing? Because he knew God was a merciful God. <laughs> he, Brother Danny, sometimes it's more than you think you can stand, but he will not. Without mercy, he'll show us enough mercy to get us through whatever we're going through. You know what David knew? <laughs> he said, I can trust in your mercy. Hallelujah. God is a merciful God. You know what David knew? He knew that he wouldn't keep him out there no longer than he could stand it. He knew that he would work things out. And he took him from being a, a fugitive in the wilderness and put him in the kingship. He got to go from the wilderness to the throne. Amen. God knew he had to work a process in the life of David to get him to that place. God is working a process in your life and in mine. Some of you may have questions about your life. It's all a process that God is working. 
Hallelujah. Not only is he satisfied in his mercy, but he said, number two, he said, I'm going to rejoice in your salvation. <laughs> My heart doth rejoice. Here's what he's saying. Mm, I like this part right here. He said, the bottom line is, no matter what I'm going through, even though I'm out here in the middle of a mess, in the wilderness, he said, I have salvation, hallelujah. The bottom line is this, it doesn't matter what I go through or what you go through, but when it's all said and done, we're going to heaven when we leave this whole world. And whatever we have to endure here, it's just temporary. But thank God, we're going to land on the other side of one of these days we're going to go home and we're going to get out of here and we're going to get a say goodbye out of this whole world amen amen David said hallelujah I thank God I'm going to rejoice because I'm saved 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 thank God hallelujah Amen. He said, I'm going to get through this thing because I'm saved. (laughs) Hey, hallelujah. Next time that old devil tries to put his foot on you, discourage you, Brother Rhodes just tell him, you're heaven bound with the hammer down. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'm out of breath, Brother George. Hallelujah. Amen. I like that saved. Just something about being saved. (laughs) Doesn't matter if I go or if I stay. I'm a winner either way. Hallelujah. Not only the satisfaction in his mercy... Not only in salvation, but David said, I'm going to sing because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Hallelujah. David got to look beyond all of his circumstances and realize that God has been good to him. Oh, I know sometime, boy, you suffer and you don't understand. But if you can look past that and realize that thank God, God saved you and God works and looks out for you and works in your life and he has been good to us. Amen. Uh, David said, I'm gonna sing because the Lord hath dealt bountifully with me. Hey, you know what David said? He said, I'm gonna get my mind off of the wilderness and think about what you have done for me. Amen. You young families, you look around how God's blessed you. Some of y'all grandmas and grandpas, you have to look around and see how God has blessed you. (laughs) Do we not have it better than we deserve to have it? David said, I tell you what, I'm going to leave that sorrow behind me. I'm going to start singing because God has been good to me. 
Can I be honest with you? We are all guilty of complaining too much. We really are. We complain about everything. And I, I'm guilty. Boy, I get on the road and driving and construction drives me crazy and people drive me crazy. Amen. And, and I, I want to turn my four wheel drive on, brother Danny, and just run right over and praise God. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? And, and put a lift kit on that truck. Amen. Like, like brother David, where I can jack that thing up and just run right over and praise God and keep it running. Amen. <laughs> But you know what? I, 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 I get beyond all of that and realize that God has been good to me. Brother Morales, God has been good to me. David went from sorrow to singing. I don't know what you're going through tonight, but I know that he does. Let's stand if you would please come play us a song tonight. From sorrow to singing. David, after that wilderness experience, that came and got him, Saul had been killed. He went from the wilderness to the throne. It might be you're in that wilderness tonight. But it could be he get ready to move you up. Go ahead and play. He might be getting ready to move you up. Might be getting ready to move you up. David was getting ready to have a move up. From sorrow to singing tonight. His pain and delay, his prayer and distress, his praise and deliverance. Oh, David said, (laughs) the Lord, the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've ever dreamed. Oh, it's a good old song.